What's the thing that scares you the most? Confined spaces and uh, blood particles in the air, the dark, that coral thing that's been staring at me since I came in here. Chris, I'm scared to death. Welcome to the Sum of All Fear podcast, the show that examines real-life phobias and the horror movies that prey on them. So pour yourself something strong, Feardos, and let's find out what makes you afraid. That's why you don't eat popcorn right before... <coughs> I know, I'm an amateur. You always show up. You always show up for, for these with like, you've got like bowls of like grapes and popcorn and... <laughs> tea and like you like set up this whole like like well it is post work this is we haven't had dinner this is podcast time i know but these things help fuel my mind and my creativity these help fuel fuel all those all those they help those synapses to fire right synapses firing and releasing of everything and yeah absolutely i see all right we're back Yay! Hi, Welcome we're back, back to the Sum of All Fear podcast, guys. Um, my name is Drew, and I'm the history and horror nerd. Uh, and this is my much more intelligent <laughs> mental health therapist, better half, uh, Chris. Hey, hey, hey. Um, and as always, guys, if you like the show, if you've listened to us before, please go to your podcast apps, give us a rating and a review. Uh, check out our social media. We're on Facebook at Some of All Fear Podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well at Some of All Fear Pod. Uh, and any questions on phobias or movies or you just want to chat with us directly, uh, send us an email. We would love that. Um, send us an email to uh, Some of All Fear Podcast at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah, we're back. Episode 12. 12. Yep. Lucky 12. number 12. Yep. Um, so we're, we're still we're doing this thing. Huh? We're preteens at this. Oh, I know. We're like, we're like, ex- we're like experienced podcasters now. Yeah. We have microphones. We, we edit stuff sometimes. Uh, by we, we mean you. We, 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 we lose, we lose whole sections and, and talk about oh technical difficulties. That has happened to us so much. We didn't do that. We, well, it didn't it only have really only happened to us one episode. Right. One episode mainly. We have Kinklin of of my whiskey Much going a into my mouth. Scotch, 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 scotchity, scotch, scotch. Oh, I don't drink scotch though. But no bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. That doesn't sound as good. Mmm, mm. good old Jim Beam today. It's Jim Beam. Why it's did my, you choose uh, my that? whiskey of choice? Which is my normally my whiskey of choice at the bar. Mm. I'm a I'm a bourbon guy. I'm not a Tennessee whiskey guy. No, uh, I don't like. You know, I'll drink scotch every now and then. But, uh, and, and I'll drink, you know, I'll take a shot of Irish whiskey if, you know, if I have a buddy drinking Jameson or something, but not my thing. I'm a bourbon guy. You will drink bourbon anything my... after a few drinks though. Well, sure. I mean, you know, if, especially if it's free. Right. I mean, free alcohol. Nobody turns that down, right? You do. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the light switch in your head went immediately. Oh, wait, no, yep, she yep, does. I've seen you do it. Yep, oh, it never happened. mind. Nope. And I do, I do turn it down if it's at, you know, if, if, if it is at that time where, you know, like, this is not, this is a bad idea. I shouldn't have that last one. You ever have that time where you take one and then immediately after you go, oh no. Oh yeah. And oh, you're yeah. like, I should not have done I don't that. I do it as much. Uh, that, that doesn't happen as much as it used to, you know, when I was younger, but every now and then there's still that one shot too many. It does happen. So 
How have you been this week, honey? Uh, it has hit the ground running, zero to 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm grateful to have a lot of work to be doing. Um, my brain Easy. is just like fried right now though it feels monday like fried? We're, we're doing it on a monday night so yeah that's always that's always a tougher night to do it i think yeah sunday we couldn't we just we just didn't we had a lot going on yesterday well how about we're you running all over the place um i don't know not much man this last week we we did uh, we got baseball kicking off we got i just got our schedule so we have we have 28 games in like 60 days between the two kids teams. So baseball is like ridiculous right now. We're plotting um, our like meal plans for yeah, parents on stupid. the go. And so stupid. And it's going to be you, fun. You didn't get to play roller derby because you're still busted up. Your foot's all. all no, up, I didn't you... get to play, but the Carson victory rollers, uh, won two Oh three to one fifty three against the Lockford liberators. Ooh. So we fucking killed it. And you were, you were coaching. I was bench coaching. So you got a chance to to participate. You were participating. Yeah, Blocky, myself, um, and Amber Ale were all bench coaching. So kind of running the team and making sure people got out there and watching the penalty box and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And we had uh, – so we did that. That was Saturday. Saturday we did some baseball stuff, did some roller derby stuff. And then uh, our friend Tommy, while you were, while you were coaching, um, I went up and represented – Represented us uh, with our buddy Tommy's uh, t- uh, t- uh, birthday, and we had some sushi. Sushi before sushi. going out is always a bad idea. We, we were going to go, you know, everybody was going to go out and drink and party it up. Oh, which sushi we coma. did. We did end up doing, but almost didn't because everybody was in sushi comas, and I saw the looks on everybody's faces. Like, I don't think, I think I want to go home and sleep. Yeah, the carbohydrate bomb just like sets in yeah. right as you're about but to we, leave. We rallied. We rallied. A couple of shots, a couple of, couple of birthday party shots. And, ended and, up at and the rallying. karaoke bar. Yeah. Ended did up some, at the karaoke bar. Gets, did some yoki. I did some, I did some, I did piano man, which is my, my, like, I my sent 10, you that my 10 list. drinks in a uh, uh, song. I sent you that list of other that songs. That was on that song, on that I list. I know, but Thank I was hoping much. that you would see it and go, oh, this is other I've things like piano that. piano man like a couple times. And that's then my maybe, new, that is my song now, I think. And then that's maybe my, choose something different. That's my, that's the one I choose now. Everybody's got to have their one karaoke song. So I think that's mine. It's the only one I can get through like when I when I'm slightly inebriated. So <laughs> anyone you can mumble through? Yeah. And then we watched the Joe Bob Marathon on ooh, Friday night. That's right. Oh, you and gosh. I we live tweeted. If you guys were if anybody was paying attention on Twitter, we live tweeted uh the Joe Bob Marathon. That was so which, much fun. Or, which I love it's not really it. a marathon anymore. It's just his show now. It's like he does two two but movies. But it's a live show, which makes it even better because well, it's not he's, live. Well I thought it was live. It, I was wrong. I'm pretty Aww. sure it's pre-recorded. Oh, yeah, I know. I think everybody thinks it's live, but it's it's not. It's it's pre-recorded. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, uh, it was. I think Joe Lynch, who's a director, he's a director. He was he was trying to figure out how Barbara Crampton was texting while she or or tweeting while she was being interviewed, and somebody had to be like, "Joe, I'm sorry, bud. Sorry to tell you, I'm pretty sure." This this is pre-recorded, oh, and he was like, "Oh no, that's heartbreaking." I so, had this whole idea that we were actually like, yeah, bridging the gap between us and JB. Yeah, I don't and, think so. Unfortunately, oh, he um, did a meatloaf on us. You know, I mean, I suppose I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's too. There's too. It's too produced. I don't think there's a chance that it could be could be live. I still so. loved it though. It was great. It was awesome. He did he did Chud first, which is which you know I had only seen once before and. You know, it's kind of this. It's kind of a cult classic, and and Joe Bob kind of ripped it a new asshole 
Um, I kind of like Joe Bob's take. Yeah, his take on it was pretty good though. It was, you know, it was kind of a it was like a Home Alone prequel is what I decided it was because <laughs> um, it had John Hurd and uh, everybody from Home Alone. Yeah, was and, in it. Uh, oh, and what's his name? Um, John Hurd and uh, and the other bandit except uh, that that's not Joe Pesci. Um, I can't think of his name right now. The not Joe Pesci bandit. Um, yeah, and and uh, it's just <clears throat> you know it's just okay. It's it's I think Joe Bob's probably got it. Uh, I think he. I think he kind of nailed it. It's kind of tries to be more sophisticated than it actually is. And it's got a bunch of these actors who are not really horror people that are trying to make it into some sort of, you know, something more than what it is. And then in the meantime, you don't really get to see the chuds enough. Right. You know, you want to see more chud. Not enough know? chud. I mean, some of you might want to see more chode, but I wanted to see more chud, you know? Cause you know, they were, and they weren't that even the, even the chuds themselves weren't that great. Right. They were just okay. But um, having to sit through it to wait for Joe Bob, I would do it any day. Oh yeah. It just to hear him it, it talk has things, and ramble about nothing it's or everything. Yeah. But then he, then after you fell asleep, you missed, you missed the whole second. He movie. should have played Chud second. He really should have. Although he would have lost a lot of people. I think if he had played Chud second, cause he played castle freak. Second, which is a badass movie by Stuart, a Stuart Gordon movie with, with uh, you know that's that's a H.P. Lovecraft based. But don't people love that? It's a great movie. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. If you had played Chud second, you'd have people dropping off <sighs> because they'd be like, ah, oh, Chud, I'll you know, and falling asleep in the second one. Yes, but uh, you fell asleep anyway. That's okay. It's it's but, on yeah, the, the Shutter app now. Barbara so. Crampton, Jeffrey Combs. I mean, that, that's just a badass. That's a badass movie. I really like Castle Freak. What it's, I saw, it's, it's, good. Um, it's it's dark. It's actually a lot darker than I remembered it being from when I saw it last. Like it's, it doesn't have a lot of, you know, Stuart Gordon has a lot, Reanimator and stuff's kind of, you know, kind of fun. It's fun and funny and kind of slapsticky and has a lot of comedy. No fucking comedy in Castle Freak, man. It is. It's just like brutal, kind of start to finish. So yeah, the the intro credits were really scary. That's, <laughs> which is all you saw. Pretty sure. <laughs> um but yeah that was fun joe bob we'll do that again this week i think Why i not? love it that's right? our friday tradition yeah i mean uh we'll have the boys back this week they're in they're out of town with uh their mom in phoenix right now but um but yeah we'll make them watch some joe bob yeah um <laughs> what's appropriate and then what's not we'll kick them into the kick them in and go watch play video games and you know we'll watch the rest of it either that or we'll have some splaining to do maybe <laughs> yeah but we'll do that live tweeting again that was fun i had a good time with that you did great. And we had a lot of we had a lot of retweets. Darcy uh, the mail girl retweeted us a I bunch know, of times. She's so sweet. And Joe Bob retweeted us a couple times and Shudder retweeted us a couple times and so, you know, that's always fun. Get it's exciting little, stuff. Get a little traction out there in our on our in podcast social media world. Um but with that, we should probably transition into uh into our our trivia game. What do you think? What trivia game is that? Uh, the trivia game that's sweeping the nation. Everybody's favorite trivia everybody's game. Tra- everybody's, Tra- fa- everybody's favorite trivia Opia game. Phobia-based trivia game. <laughs> it's time for everyone's favorite phobia-based trivia game. What the fear? You say it now. What the fear? There you go. Okay, you have to say it like that. All right, we're here to answer the question, what the fear? 
That's the question we're asking. What the fear? What the fear? What the fear? Yeah. It's where we uh, we give some clues and hints, and then you make me guess what phobia we're talking about, and I inevitably answer incorrectly. No, you crushed it last time. You got two out of three. I did. I did get two out of three last time. I can't wait for the three but the out clues, of three day. You know, it, it helps when you get clues. When you didn't get it clues, does. it was a lot more... Um, a lot more out of left field. For well, sure. I ran out of information on like celebrity celebrity phobias, so I had to improvise and figure out how to keep this going without, you know. Well, you know what we should do. We need to flip flop it. I need to start giving you. Uh, I need to host. That's no fun. At some point, oh, that would be fun. Be really fun. No, because I can explain the psychology behind these phobias. What you, you don't can. think I can read out of a out of a out of a, a Wikipedia article either? Is that what you're calling my degree? <laughs> That's what I call your that research. That whole two years. <laughs> That's what I call your research on these phobias. I'm pretty sure that you're just finding them on the internet and then explaining some of the information about them. I'm finding a lot, but there's a lot of things that are put together. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downplaying your, your strong intellect. You might kind of be. And your sophisticated, fancy degrees. I'm just saying. We should flip-flop this and let me host and put you in the hot seat. Sure. Put that fancy degree to work. God. I didn't study the r- Greek roots of anything either. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'll do much better. I don't claim to ever do better either. Oh, yeah. If you ask you know, me like DSM diagnoses, uh, ooh, I would absolutely fancy. crush every single one. You think so? One. You got I think that I'd whole big good. old thick manual memorized? I think I could narrow it down enough um, given like a hint, you know? They changed that damn thing so much. They just changed it. I know. It's all crazy now. So I just, I just finished, you know. You can't really... even use the word crazy anymore, can you? No, you haven't been able to. You've since never been like able to? The 80s. That's not proper? No, it's not even. <laughs> Looney Tunes? It's not even like a behavioral health term. Bidi, bidi, bidi. That's all, folks? I think it's a cartoon term. Mm. All right. That, Why don't you. Uh, is that that pig? What's that pig's name? Uh, Porky. Porky. Porky pig. Porky. That's all, folks. It's like how I can do. Um, can I do Daffy Duck? I think you do. <laughs> that's Donald Duck. Donald. That's okay, Disney. I can never remember. That's which not. One. That's not Looney Tunes. No. No. They're, oh, we're way off. Okay. Anyways, back to the focus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tangent. Thanks for coming on that journey with us, folks. All right. Are you ready for Journey through our childhood cartoons? Right. Are you ready for your, your first phobia? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Bring it. Your first phobia is porphyrophobia. Spell that for me. P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-O phobia. Porphyrophobia. And your hint is P-H-Y? So it's porphyrophobia. Porphyrophobia. Sorry. P-H-Y. Oh, what was it? P-O-R-P-H-Y-R-O. Porphyrophobia. R-O. Porphyrophobia. Porphyrophobia. Is it I-R or R-I? <laughs> what? I, trying, there was, this is why we need flashcards. There was no I. No Where I. did you get I? Oh, Y. Sorry. Why? P-H-Y. Right? Yeah. Y-R. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Y-R-O. Y-R-O. Porphyrophobia. 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 Yes. P O R? Yes. Flashcards. I'm <laughs> telling you we need flashcards. 
<laughs> I'm watching you struggle so it's hard with this. too many damn letters. We cannot keep them straight. We need flashcards. <laughs> How do the letters help you? Because I can see it. I can actually see the word. No, I know. But like. <laughs> Poor phyrophobia. Poor phyrophobia. Okay, give, uh, give, give me a hint. Uh, it's an Alice Walker novel. Hmm. And I'm supposed to know who that is. Uh, you're very acculturated. I must not be that cultured. I know the. I, I think I know the name. I don't think I know what Alice Walker wrote. Um, hmm. They would really despise. Uh, <laughs> the LSU Tigers. Ooh, porphyrophobia. Fear of the color purple? Shit, yeah, you Is got it, it really right. right. Yeah. <laughs> the LSU Air five. Good oh, job. Oh, the color purple. Oh, that's yes. what Alice Walker wrote. Alice that's Walker, the color yeah, purple. No, Good job. The well, color you're, purple. You're was fun. that an Oprah? There was an Oprah, didn't Oprah star in that like TV remake oh, or God, make of that? Know. I'm pretty sure she did. Wasn't that a Hallmark movie? Yeah, it was kind of like a made Your for mom TV. Probably it was a made for TV it. series or yeah. movie. Um, wow, I'm getting good at this. Yeah. So but you're, you're, yeah, again, I, I think these clues, are you making the clues too easy? I don't know. I don't know. LSU uh, Tigers, way, I guess, because I, I knew they were purple and gold. Right. But you could have gone with fear of cats, I fear about of the tiger Louisiana, yeah, like, you know, fear of the swamp. There's a lot of ways you could have gone, but you chose purple. So are you giving me, are you giving me the credit? Are you giving me credit for, 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 for getting the right answer? I always do. Well, I know, but I just, I feel like, I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting too many easy hints now. Oh, are we, are we, are we dumbing it down too much? Well, I can dumb it up some. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel comfortable. This is a weird position to be in right now. Cause I've been so yeah, used. You're like, why am I winning? For like, this, for like this 10 feels episodes, I've been very lean. used to being humiliated. I really and... honestly want you to just lean into the discomfort of the experience right. and be I'm okay lean with into it. the discomfort of being right. Yeah, there you go. Just lean into it. You know, I can't believe one, I ever thought I would have to say that to you. There was one time, there was one time that I was wrong. It was that one time that I thought I was wrong, but I was actually right. That's how, yeah. that's how it normally is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the fun fact about uh, porphyrophobia is that there's actually a movie that came out in 2014 called Porphyrophobia, and it's a drama horror about a son with the fear of the color purple and his mother, Violet, uh-huh. before a rare celestial event and kind of their relationship and, and this what a, happens. Was this a B movie? I don't know. Um, you should look it up. Maybe watch I'll it. Have to check it out. That sounds interesting. Porphyrophobia, 2014. Hmm. Are you ready for the next one? I am ready. Okay. Lachanophobia. L-A-C-H-A-N-O. Okay. Got that one. Don't need to have you repeat it again. Okay. Lachanophobia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your hint is that it uh, frequently affects children ages two to six. Ooh. Lachanophobia frequently affects children ages two to six. Lachanophobia. Hmm. Lachanophobia. Um, two to six. The fear of the toilet. No, but that's a really good guess. I was thinking, I was thinking uh, like potty training time. Right. Hmm. 
Six would be, yeah. It'll be old. Six six, but but old. it would be oh, like yeah. the end cusp of. Older range. Yeah. Right? No, it happens. Yeah. Um, no, it's actually. You'd be pretty bummed if you were. I mean, well, I mean, I guess there's kids that wet their bed all the way till they're older. But Did you know that, that frequent bed wetting is often um, a sign to probe a little bit deeper about um, uh, traumatic sexual history past? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did know that. And uh, and a lot of very famous serial killers uh, had bedwetting problems when they were kids. Yeah, that was that were pretty profound. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So well, not this, always the case though. So if you have a kid that wets the bed, it's not always the case. This fear is lachanophobia, the fear of vegetables. Oh, let's talk about Hank's experience with acquiring the fear of vegetables. Which what didn't he throw up broccoli once? He was like crying and shaking at the thought of having to eat broccoli and put it on his tongue and vomited. Like See, couldn't swallow it, made himself vomit. He had, he had hyped himself up so much. He about had hyped it. himself up so much. That's about pretty common it. though. I remember it's pretty I remember common. I know when you were a kid you didn't really do I, apparently you were a perfect child when you were like when it came to this stuff. No, I was just an asshole stuff. in other ways. Um but when I was a kid, I remember having those like certain foods that were like, fuck no, I am not tasting that. Like I do not put that in my mouth. I remember Brussels sprouts being one. I remember like just, you know, certain things were just not, it wasn't going to happen. And uh, my parents would make me sit there and sit there and eventually like I would eat it and like try to choke it down. And I remember gagging multiple times. And remember we, Hudson and like having the same thing, stuff same thing that we mouth. do now with our, where we did, you know, when our kids were little, like like getting all pissed off at him and be like, you gotta be kidding me. You're fucking gagging. Like give Hudson me a break. held stuff in his mouth forever. Oh, he used to chew for like four hours. Yeah. Know? But now we get mad like at them for stuffing their cheeks full because they stuff their cheeks. Like and now they eat super hamsters. quickly so they can go back to play video games. Yeah. And we're like, like, okay, slow down. Just somewhere is just, in the middle. Is just a, is somewhere just like in the middle. An inconvenience in between like video games. Slow down. Not that slow though. Yeah. Middle of so the, the road. fear of vegetables. Yeah. That's like something um, that George Bush would would have. Well, fun George fact. George Bush Sr., right? Didn't George Bush Sr. have a – didn't he hate broccoli? Was he the one that hated broccoli? I don't know. Pretty sure. Fun fact, though. Uh, people who have a fear of vegetables uh, tend to suffer with malnutrition. Well, that would make sense because vegetables are kind of necessary. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunate. That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Deep fry those vegetables. Get those You nutrients. better have some badass supplements if you don't, uh, if you don't eat vegetables. <laughs> right. Okay, are you ready for your last the one? The third one. I'm I'm one for two. You can go f- two can for go, three again. I can go you can two do for it. three again. You can do it, honey. Like last time. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Genuphobia. G-E-N-U phobia. Genuphobia. Genuphobia. Okay, let's see. Gen could be genealogy. It could be like genuflect it could be mm, gen ooh, like genocide i can help you narrow gen it down is beginning but... so means beginning um in greek or in latin mm, gen gen means begin uh i think gen means beginning in in greek g-e-n gen um, Do you want your hint? Maybe uh, in Latin too. Oh. I can help you. Yeah, that's my hint. Sorry, <laughs> you're trying to break it down. Break it down. Your hint is. Do, 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 ch, ch. Um, these folks are not likely to attend Catholic mass. Gen euphobia. These people are not likely to attend Catholic mass. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. The fear of... Ooh. That could go a lot of different ways. The fear of kneeling? A little more. Go a little deeper. A little deeper? The fear of fear of kneeling and standing? Standing and no, kneeling? No, no. The fear of Cold. praying. Colder. The fear of kneeling. I just, that's got to be close. That's real close. Kneeling now, is close. Warmer. <laughs> Fear of kneeling, uh, the fear of being on their knees, the fear of so much closer of falling and not being able to get up. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. It's the fear of knees, the fear of knees, of knees. But uh, it often includes um, being scared of uncovered knees in person or on screen, um, fearing their own knees. Uh, and also kneeling. They so, would also have a problem with porn stars. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of kneeling. Well, there's a lot of kneeling on your knees in those porn movies too. If you have a knee That's injury. That's what I've heard. I've never seen them myself. No, of course not you. If you have a knee injury, <laughs> it you can acquire that fear because you don't want to re-aggravate your knee, your knee you injury. know? So you're really scared of doing anything involving your knee. Well, that would be walking. It Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> or, um... But you know, it can also activity? it can also occur from having seen a severe knee injury in Ooh, person that would, or be, on TV. And that I think really about bothers me. I think about every time I see a compound fracture oh, on yeah. TV, and I just can't handle it, even if it's fake. Yeah. So think about all the movies where somebody's knee gets bashed in, or their kneecaps get shot out, um, and how that might affect somebody. You know who could be impacted by this fear to a phobic level. Yeah. That kneecapping. That's no good. Uh, -uh. it's like, it's, it's like what the Irish mobsters like to do. It's like bite the curb like that. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, American history. X. Yeah. Ooh, oh yeah. That God, seems that's gnar, gnar. No, thank you. Uh, well, you did wonderful. I, I say you get that last one. Cause yeah, you got close. It was close. Kneeling, kneeling. Well, knees had knee in it. Exactly. I mean, and I kept saying warmer. You know, not too bad. Good job. You did great. I'm pretty good when I get a hint. Those of you out in once podcast I get, land, once I get in he the, did in the, wonderful. Once I get in the in the in the general vicinity, I feel like I I feel like I, I do a little bit better. You're great at narrowing it down. All yeah. those uh CSI Miami. Well that's episodes. Jeopardy, right? I mean Jeopardy gives you like Jeopardy too. the general the general area, and then you get the answer, right? That's uh, I hope Alex Trebek's skills. okay. Huh? Applicable skills. I said I hope Alex Trebek's okay. I know, me too. I'm sad. I'm really sad he has cancer. I know. Really bums He's me an out. icon and such a good person, I hear. I need to get a Trebek tattoo. You do. I really do. Next tattoo. Yeah. He's inspired me my entire life. I'm a big Jeopardy fan. I know. Should I get it done? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe get it done like we've like, got a friend. Like like those like those pictures of the saints with like the the kind of like the halo around them, like the glowy. I was halo. thinking more like a bobblehead Trebek. That seems disrespectful. <laughs> Although kind of cool. I like the idea. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Like a like a Funko Pop tattoo of Trebek. So we got an interesting phobia today. Yeah. Um, which is I kind of I don't know that we've we haven't really done anything in related to like environmental type phobias, right? I don't think so. Nothing like in your space. I guess knives kind of. Uh, pointing at sharp objects is kind of like that. Yeah, that kind of extended out into um 
But we have anthophobia, right? Anthophobia? Anthophobia. The fear of flowers today. Ooh. Um, which, yeah, I think that's it's it's uh that's an interesting phobia. It turned out to be a lot of fun, uh, considering the folklore and the history around flowers and um, you know, watching certain movies where flowers are are given special powers or they become, you know, sort of humanistic. Yeah. Um, what's that called? Anthropomorphic? Anthropo- Anth- promor- anthropomorph- anthropomorphizing. Things. Anthropomorphizing. Yeah. yeah. When you, when you, yeah, take an inanimate object and make it, uh, give it human characteristics, right? Right. So, so with that, let's, uh, let's dive into our, our phobia. Anthophobia, the let's fear do it. of flowers. So the fear of flowers, uh, which they're beautiful. I'm looking at some gorgeous, uh, what lilies. are those, tulips? Lilies. Lilies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our window right now because it's springtime. Springtime is flower time. And Reno gets confused. Uh, we have like winter we have and fake then second spring. winter and then fake spring. Right. Yeah. Which we're probably in right we're now. Probably in right now. It's and nothing's really flowering outside much yet. No. But, but just starting to. We're starting to see some green buds come up and you know, there are some some things starting to pop. And this would be a terrifying time of year, I would suspect, for an anthophobic, right? I mean, yeah. This you would, would just want to run and hide. You would just want to live in Iceland, I would mm-hmm. guess. Or like Greenland or or Antarctica. Yeah. Somewhere where there somewhere is somewhere where there are no flowers. Yeah, where nothing flowers, which even desert plants often flower. So yeah. it oh, would yeah. be the desert's beautiful right now. You should right. see did you see the pictures the, that, the super bloom? That that did, did you see the pictures that Katie took on her uh, my, my ex-wife uh, they just drove down to Phoenix, Arizona. No. And on the way they took pictures Show uh, me those later. at rest stops with like a bunch of the flowering cactuses and all that stuff cuz everything's in bloom right now. Right. Down oh. there, which is a beautiful time to drive across the desert cuz it's actually if, desert is actually very be- very beautiful in the springtime. Right. Um but I think this, this is an interesting topic for me because um, my family, um, kind of tying back to last week too, um, my mom's side of the family is 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 British, um, and came from central, like central England, south of Leeds, and and uh, I don't know, east of Liverpool, I guess. Um, but they came over. Uh, Do you have the coordinates too? The family came over from 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 England in like the late 1600s. So like second, we're like second generation. Uh, American, you know, Americans, well, British Americans, I guess. Um, and they migrated from like Virginia, like the Virginia colonies, uh, to, uh, middle Tennessee. So my mom was raised in Tennessee, but they were in middle Tennessee. The family was in middle Tennessee in like, like late 1700s, early 1800s, um, as settlers in like Cannon County and Warren County, excuse me. Um, and, and the reason, you know, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, growing up, you know, I, I knew a little bit about my family history, but I've been researching it a lot more, um, you know, as I've gotten older, cause I, I just genealogy and stuff fascinates me anyway. And I think it's always really interesting to see where you came from. Um, but growing up, my grandmother was like an insanely amazing gardener. Like she had, they had 20 acres in Winchester, Tennessee and had a huge garden um, flowers everywhere. Um, she was just, she had a green thumb. I mean, she, and she literally could identify 
any plant, any flower, like instantaneously. That's amazing. I mean, she knew every, all of them, herbs, it didn't matter. Um, my grandfather uh, was raised uh, up in McMinnville, Tennessee, as was my grandmother. They both were. And both sides of their family were, were nursery men. They were nursery. They, they had nurseries. They had flowers, flowers and plants that they would raise and then sell to I'm sure, I'm sure they carried, yeah, I'm sure they carried things like, um, fruit plants and vegetable plants so that people could raise their own gardens and stuff like that. Yep. And they would deliver them. And then my grandfather would, would, with his, so my great grandfather was a nurseryman and him and my grandfather would go deliver those plants all over the place. They would take them all across the South. So when he was growing up, they used to go and deliver these, these things all over the place, you know, these plants all over the place. So, um, in fact, McMinnville, where where my family kind of my mom's side of the family all came from, both sides, you know, multiple different names in the family all kind of were from that one area. They that place is known as the the nursery capital of the world. So flowers and stuff, that was all stuff that I kind of was raised with, was that kind of like like background of having these these gardeners and you know flowers and my grandmother knew all these things and all their names and all that stuff. And I would always be like, Oh grandma, I'm so bored. You tell me. Why didn't you take any of that in? It would be so helpful. I wish I had, I wish I had now. I wish I had learned a lot of it. I just kill things. I know me too. No matter how hard I try. Yeah. So anyways, that's, I just thought that was kind of interesting that that's, that kind of my family's background was that, that kind of, that kind of of a trade, which I think is really interesting. Right. But tell us a little bit more about, Anthophobia, which is very different because it's, it's, it's not just the fear of nature. It's not the fear. And it's not even really the fear of plants or trees. It's the fear of specifically flowers. flowers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or plants that are flowering at the time. Uh, anything related to flowers really incites that anxiety response. Um, but this phobia is really rare. Um, it often happens from a learned association. So something happens that creates a connection in the brain that makes this association of flowers really strong. So um, a lot of times it can be related to um, traumatic events like maybe death, uh, going to a funeral of a loved one at a very there's so many young age. There. There's flowers everywhere. Yeah, so I guess if you were young and all you saw was the flowers. The flowers become an association with grief and death and loss. Maybe at your eye level a lot too as a little kid. Yeah, right? those, you got to think about yeah, and stuff and the things that kids look at. You know, the things that draw your eye. Lots of red and white flowers at funerals. Mm. Uh, those are typical funeral colors. Um, also, um, flowers. Um, Did you say flowers? Flowers. 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 Like that girl in the movie. Um, Flower. Like the like the uh, that was the skunk in uh, Bambi. Oh, that's right. Good job. Yeah. Um, also, if you have, um, you know, a fear or a severe allergy to bees or wasps or bugs that typically gravitate to flowers, um, that would also make you aversive to flowers, too, because you would want to stay away from those things. Um, and you would hate flowers for kind of drawing those things towards you. Uh, watching something on TV where a flower is involved with something, uh, often the flower is kind of, uh, like we talked about, personified um, and anthropomorphized. Um, and this whole perspective of like nature taking over. That's another Disney thing too. Like flowers were always singing. Right. And doing so things or like, they're always or, like, alive. waving in the background doing and talking and, um, or Alice in Wonderland. There was uh-huh. always those flowers that were talking and stuff. Right. So there's, you know, there's this 
fear that develops from um, one of those many things uh, and gets intensified by the sight of flowers. Uh, and now, I mean, by definition, a justified fear is not a diagnosable phobia. And it must cause significant impairment to daily function. Right, right. In We've talked about that be before. Like it's got to yeah. be something that, that inhibits your daily your daily life. But like with flowers, there are some flowers that should be feared. Sure. Um, like it, at the Alnwick Castle, um, which actually it it was the setting for Hogwarts, like the inspiration for Hogwarts, all all. Alnwick Castle. Was that the, the castle that was actually inspired the actual Hogwarts castle? Yeah. Oh wow. Um because and I know a lot of the like the like plant stuff that they did in that, I'm sure was probably inspired by this this thing you're about to talk mm -hmm. about. <laughs> and Downton Abbey um as well. It's the same castle used in Downton Abbey. They may have even used it um as part of Hogwarts interior. Oh wow. Um but it's a massive castle and recently um the Duchess of somewhere I forgot to write it down. Um, the Duchess actually took this one area of garden that had kind of been dilapidated and turned it into um, a poison garden um, at England. And, and how long ago was that? Was that a long time ago? 2004. Oh, I so believe. it was fairly recently. Fairly recently, the current Duchess. Um, and it includes things like so it's narcotics. It's a, po a poison too. garden. It's a yes. garden of just poisonous plants. Just poison poisonous plants. And she talks about how she wanted to educate people not just about the medicinal purposes of plants, but also how uh, plants have the potential to harm. Um, and so everything in there can kill you, um, has a lethal dosage at some at some perspective, uh, except for the narcotics section, which they do have poppy, poppy plants growing and um, marijuana and hemp and all that stuff. And to poppy's educate. the basis for heroin. Heroin, yeah. Right. So, and that's to educate people about the effects of plants, you know. So that's in addition to that as well. But it contains things like Angel's Trumpet, which um, is an awesome aphrodisiac, I hear. Hmm. Um, it's very... Let's get some of that, huh? Right? Get some of that for a Friday night. Uh, Victorian women would awesome, would often would awesome. keep... Would awesome. Would often keep um, a little flower of this near their dinner table and put their finger on the end and take little bits of it because it would induce um, an LSD like trip, but not be, uh, enough to be lethal. Oh, wow. Um, but the lethal Sounds dose. Sounds like a blast, man. Right. What's it called? Angel's trumpet? Angel's trumpet. Ooh, but the aphrodisiac is a slow, it's an aphrodisiac at first. Um, but then it turns into a slow, pain-free death. Pain-free death? Pain-free death. Well, man, that sounds like, I mean, that's right. What a way to go out. Um, and it's also, go out, it's mean. got wolfsbane in it. Um, I mean, every noxious plant you can think of, there are some plants in there that give off toxins, uh, in the air that people, um, are made dizzy or sick by when they walk by. Mm -hmm. So they're warned, you know, don't touch anything. Don't inhale deeply between here and here. Uh, really fascinating. So flowers that are deadly, like angel's trumpet, like the lily of the valley, um, those flowers have the capability to kill. So you're probably justified in being afraid of them. Even now, are like those poison flowers or are those, or are those just plants? These are specifically flowers. So those are specifically flowers. They're not just the leaves, like a leaf of a right. plant. Right. These are specifically the flowers. Like wolfsbane is a, is, is that a, is that a flower or is that a, a plant? I believe it's a like berry plant. Is it a berry? See, that's everything too. Berry. I don't know. Burying plants too that, that have, cause there's a lot of berries that'll kill you. Right. Exactly. 
So yeah, there's some justified fear with flowers, but then it gets to this unjustified level um, when it's associated with something like a rose or a daisy or a sunflower. I found some really interesting information about sunflowers in particular. Um, you know, I wonder if something like like the scene in Wizard of Oz, right, where where Dorothy that when they're going through the poppy fields and mm-hmm. they all the poppies, the poppies, and they're all just getting high as shit and. And then they and pass out. out and passing out in the in the poppy fields, like that scene itself. If you're watching that as a kid, that's terrifying. Could, could make you think like, "What the fuck is going on?" Flower like, fields this? make me, yeah, you know, pass out, you and pass out and almost die and get yeah, get almost killed by the witch. Or whatever. Uh, right. Well, and it, of course, if you have severe allergies, you're gonna be aversive to flowers and times like spring when things are very heavily flowering and you're not going to want flowers in your home and you're not going to want to be around places with flowers because it's just freaking miserable. That's crazy. Um, well, yeah, but, if you're allergic, right? I mean, that's right. right. Allergies. Allergies seems like that would, and again, that's kind like, of a justified phobia, right. right? So it's not a phobia. We talked about like cats too. Like, like I don't like being in places with cats. It's a just, because they're evil, terrible little creatures. It's a justified fear. I also am terribly allergic to them. Right. So I can I understand. It's a justified fear, not a phobia. Um, but but it can turn into a phobia, though, right? It I mean, can. you could be like, I mean, I think it's it has to reach a certain severity and intensity. With our with our like our boys are both allergic to peanuts, you know, and, and peanut allergies are very severe, and they can be they can be life threatening, you know, life threatening, threatening. And so you wonder if you know, and we're kind of lax about it, I guess, compared to some parents. You know, mm-hmm. we try to not shield them from you know, environmental stuff and things like that. Like we're not going to, we're not going to keep our house completely peanut free all the time. We, you know, we've got bags of trail mix. Yeah. For, no, for they fussed at me for that. No, I was but like, we, we yeah. don't want to teach them that they're, the world it's is not going to, the world's not going to be wrapped in bubble guys. Like you got to, but they also don't need that level of protection either. You right. know, they don't have the airborne peanut allergy. So right, right. it teaches them and it reinforces to them, like check things before I eat it. But they get a little neurotic about certain things too. Like, they do. Especially know, even even more so than we do, like, which is great. I think that's a good thing in a way because we built that into them that they need to be conscious themselves. Mm-hmm. But you worry that, you know, I don't know. They'll never want to go to a baseball game or whatever when they get older because they're worried that they might be around it. I, who knows? We're talking about movies too. Uh, think of My Girl, bees. Oh yeah, right? bees. So being around flowers. Yeah. There's bees around flowers. Watching My Girl and seeing. Yeah. Her Why die. haven't we traumatized our boys with that one yet? I don't know. We got to do that. Yeah. I was traumatized def- by that. That one should occur already. That yeah. needs to happen. Yeah. Soon. Um, yeah. But one of the best examples. What was his name? I don't. Do you remember Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, but they, they, it, when she when he was like when she was at the funeral and she's like, "Oh, what's his name? I can't remember." I don't she remember. like calls out his name and it's all sad. Mm-mm. No, I blocked it all out. Mm. <laughs> like a normal person. I'll remember it in a minute. <laughs> um, but one of the more interesting things I found out um, was about the fear of sunflowers in particular, um, where people describe that the yellow flowers actually draw the attention inwards towards that large brown center disc um, that's been likened to a dark vortex. And sufferers of this fear of flowers, specifically sunflowers, um, uh, feel that they're being sucked in to it, um, like this feeling of dread and foreboding. Is there a specific phobia just for sunflowers? There is. Is it? Does it have a different name? Uh, yes, but I didn't write it down. Huh. 
Uh, yeah, there's a specific phobia just for sunflowers. Um, sunflower size also contributes because they're to so it big. too. Yeah, they're I, so I can big. See that. They have kind of a human-like size and shape too, yeah. where the head is circular yes. and the body is narrow. Yeah, they're kind of creepy, man. Um, they really are, and they move throughout the day. Right. So they point towards, they move towards the sun, right. or away from the sun, back and forth. So they they can incite this kind of like creepiness um, about them, um, or this fear, this feeling like. Like they're being, someone's being watched. Like you're like like it's like it's anthropomorphized. Like right. there's something that yeah, there's something alive in there. I can see that for sure. But there's with, also with, with that crossover with flowers, um, sunflowers, of course, uh, and trypophobia, which is the fear of those pores, of porous holes, right? You the know, holes. Um, boring holes, boring holes, the boring holes, the boring holes. Hashtag your boring holes, people. We didn't get nearly enough of those. Hash your boring holes. Um, so I thought that was really interesting with regard to the sunflowers. Um, but with all of these fears, uh, the treatment that's recommended is systematic desensitization, which is just slow and gradual building up of uh, your coping skills and your comfort around the feared object. Um, hypnotherapy, not hypnist. Hypnotist, hypnotist therapy. So there's you no, know, there's no, they're not going to make you cluck like a chicken. Not magical hypnotist therapy. Oh my. Uh, I've been hypnotized before on stage. Uh, well, okay. Which is suggestibility. Let me tell you why I'm mad about this. Which is suggestibility, which is the difference between hip, like, like therapeutic hypnotism and they've got to have similarities though, right? They have similarities, but. Because they both are suggestibility. Ultimately it's just implanting something in your brain to make you do it. Right. Well, you can't say implanting. You can't implant something. But anyways, let me let me explain why I'm so agitated with this idea of hypnotist versus hypnotherapist. Okay. Because that pylon, Maury Povich. Oh, we're going to, we're going asshole Maury Povich again. Maury Povich is an asshole, by the way. We 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 determined back in our uh, fear of Maury chickens episode. Maury Povich had a string of episodes that were phobia specific. So there's a whole bunch of these episodes. There's a whole. We should watch bunch. these episodes. We should watch no, all of them. It's sad. He is exploiting, like not, maybe not him necessarily, but the producers at the Maury Povich show are exploiting these poor people. Yeah, it's Maury Povich. So, and he's an asshole. Uh, Maury Povich is an asshole. Hashtag so, Maury Povich is an asshole. They start the show off and they're like, oh, you know, my fear. You know, she explains her story, blah, blah, blah. He brings a hypnotist to help her out. Um, and while she is back with the hypnotist, um, we see a video of what happened before this taping where the producer um, – was, did she have? Did she have this phobia? Did she have the fear of flowers? She had the fear of flowers. So she had antho anthophobia. Anthophobia, um, and the uh, producers uh, producer of the show dressed up as Jigsaw from the movie Saw, and jumped out at her with a plastic flower. Jesus! She ran screaming, good running uh, through the building. Um, then the producer tricked her into going to a florist. Uh, where as soon as she saw that she was near flowers, she turned around and ran into the street and was almost, almost struck by a car. Good running. God, what is the deal with these people? Did they like have no, I mean, it wasn't like phobia education was that bad. And, and this, this wasn't even that long ago because J- no. Jigsaw was around. He it couldn't have been that long ago. So this gal, she had acquired this phobia because when she was a young child, she had picked a flower that was covered in fire ants and oh they, they covered her arm quickly and she ran into the water to try and get them off of her and nearly drowned. So the association with flower was really 
closely tied with her traumatic experience, her feeling of death. Um, And Maury Povich just wants to exploit the phobic. Just say it. Maury Povich is an asshole. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. It's now the second time we've found uh, that Maury Povich just liked to exploit people's fears. What a dick. That's not cool. Because ratings, Maury Povich, one star. Right? Not cool. Not cool, Jerry Springer wouldn't have done that shit. I don't know. You might have. Probably. I need to do my research on that first. (laughs) But anyways, so... No, Jerry Springer would just bring out some some black some black dudes and some KKK guys and make them brawl. Right? Or was that Geraldo? I think he did that too. I think everybody did that at the end. <laughs> I don't know. I was always in like a fever haze when I was home watching that from school. Watching watching the late afternoon. Ricky Lake. The late afternoon talk shows. Oh yeah, they formed me. Can you believe Ricky Lake was on that? Uh, Cheek was on that, that mass singer. Oh, I know that was interesting. That was a trip, man. I should have known. I should have known. There was a couple of crybaby references in, in those clues. I should have got. Yeah. I love Yeah, Cry you Baby. failed Good the movie. family. Speaking of movie. John Waters. John Waters movie. Fantastic movie. Are you ready for the movie already? Yeah. Really? No more to say about well, I mean, flower phobia. I mean, they've been used medicinally for centuries. You know, yeah. flowers have. Um, in witches' potions. Um Many medications nowadays are derived from plant substances. And yeah, so flowers, I mean, flowers have this, this tremendous, I mean, flowers are amazing, right? We get a lot of our, our, our tinctures and there's lots of things that come from, Mm -hmm. from these kind of things. Right. I mean, um, so I think it would be difficult if you had that phobia, um, to function on a, on a day-to-day basis, you know, it'd be really challenging. You would experience a lot of anxiety. Um, if you were, highly anxious because of the, um, the allergy portion of it, they actually might prescribe you, um, an antihistamine, uh, that specifically works in, in tandem with allergies and anxiety. It happens to kind oh, of really? function kind on of both, both of those Interesting. levels. Um, so that that's a possibility too, if you have this fear, um, but mostly just, you know, kind of addressing it with a therapist, not a hypnotist, um, and kind of working through the roots of it, um, talking about maybe the pain that is connected to it, uh, or to the side of flowers. Um, yeah, this time, this time of year would be really tough because, you know, I was driving around, I was just driving around today and noticed like five, like just, just going up, uh, just going up the street right here. I noticed at least two or three houses that had brand new potted flower plants out in front. So just driving around. I mean, if you were really afraid of these things, it would be, it'd be a big deal. So we are going to uh, dig into probably one of my favorite movies. I think, I think it's, it's, it's such a fun movie. It's so great. I have a soft spot in my heart for musicals. And, uh, and it's a musicals with, it's a musical with Rick Moranis and Steve Martin. And I mean, Dude. And carnivorous uh, flowering plants. And carnivorous flowering plant. Yeah. Plant. So we are going to uh, we're going to dive into our feature presentation. And now our feature presentation. It all began in this little shop. Oh, damn roses. Where, strange as it seems, something extraordinary happens. I'm afraid it isn't feeling very well today. 
I've given you sunshine. That's such a fun trailer. I've given you dirt. Ouch. Dang. Roses. You gave me nothing but heartache and hurt. Ooh, sing it, baby. I love it. I freaking love it. It's I a love killer it. soundtrack. I have a real soft spot in my heart for musicals, man. Yeah. I, I grew up I grew up being a big fan of, uh, of musicals. And, and this is a good one, too. It is so good. It's so fucking good. I love it so much. How can you not be? You can't not, like, smile watching this movie. I mean, if you just hate musicals, then yeah, you won't like it. You would not but, smile. You would frown. But, you know, I mean, horror musicals are pretty rad. I kind of like the fact that, that that there's this kind of little horror musical subgenre, right? Like, I love that. We've got, we've got the Rocky, Rob Zom, Rom Zomcom. Rocky Horror Picture Show. We got, we got, oh, uh, we got so you know, Little Shop of Horrors. We got Anna and the Apocalypse we just watched recently is yep. another one. Uh, I like that subgenre. I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan. I like it a lot. It, and, and, you know, take us through the magical journey. The fact that Little Shop of Horrors, this this wonderful little 1986 uh, wow. flick, what a great year! Good year. That's the year you were born, huh? Yes. Yeah, I was five. Ooh. Yeah. Hot little five year old. Um, and the fact that that the that the that, <laughs> that the man eating that the man eating plant, uh, uh, says tough titty like four times. He like, does. He's great too. That's Hudson a, laughed super hard. Tough titty. And then Tough at the titty. end when the play Feed says, me, Seymour. Well, shit. Well, shit. At the end. <laughs> Hudson like cracked up and lost his mind. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, you need to because it is it's so good. And, and honestly, like, yeah, movie. it has a lot of singing. It's got a lot of singing. It's got a lot of theatrics. But man, it's got it's got freaking. Well, let's 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 do a quick synopsis real quick. Cat. And then and then we'll get into the, to the cast because I want to talk about this cast and the director and the composer, like every element of this movie is so good. Like it deserves, it's, it deserves some, some time and energy. Um, but the movie is, uh, it's about Seymour Krellborn, who's a, who's a nerdy orphan and he's working at Mushnicks, which is a, a flower shop in urban skid row. Uh, 
Um, and he harbors a crush on fellow coworker Audrey Folkward, 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 um, and is berated. He's berated by Mister Mushnick Daily. He's he's a pushover. Um, you know, he's a he's a doormat. But one day, as but he's really into plants. And so one day, as Seymour is seeking a new mysterious plant uh, with no luck, suddenly a solar eclipse happens, and. Uh, after the solar eclipse is over, he finds a mysterious unidentified plant just sitting outside of this Asian flower market, um, and he buys it or gets it, and he names it Audrey Two um, after his crush. Uh, and the plant seems to have a craving for blood, and soon um, he begins to sing for his supper. Ooh! Uh, and then soon enough, Seymour feeds Audrey's sadistic dentist boyfriend to the plant. And later, Mushnick himself for witnessing the death of Audrey's ex. Will Audrey too take over the world? Or will Seymour and Audrey defeat it? Bum, bum, bum. Spoiler alert, they defeat it. Yay! Yay! Um, but it's, it's just such a fun... It's, it's a rock musical comedy horror. That's kind of the, the, the genre that this is, which is a totally cool, cool deal. But it's directed by Frank Oz who, you know, a lot of people, I don't, don't know who Frank Oz is. Um, and Frank Oz is like the ultimate badass. Um, the guy was, the guy was Yoda. Um, he was, uh, uh, Miss Piggy. He was Fozzie Bear. He was Animal. Um, he was Sam Eagle, all in the Muppet Show. He was Cookie Monster. He was Bert and Ernie. He was all the good um, stuff. No, sorry, he wasn't Bert and Ernie. He was Bert and Grover um, in Sesame Street. Um, but yeah, and 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 also known, you know, especially as as Yoda in the Star Wars uh, series. Um, but this guy was a director. He was a producer. Uh, he was a puppeteer. He was an actor. He did everything. This guy is freaking amazing. Like Frank Oz. Um, directed, he directed Little Shop of Horrors, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, What About Bob? Director of What About Bob? Dude, that is my favorite like therapy film. Favorite all time movies. We use that in cinema therapy all the time. Um, yeah, so the guy is just a stud. And so he directed this. And honestly, this could have been a very, very different film because it was originally uh, David Geffen who produced it. Um, originally wanted to get Steven Spielberg um, to produce it. And originally it was attached to Steven Spielberg to produce it. And Scorsese was going to direct it. Whoa. Would have been a very, what would that have been? Would have been a very different movie. Um, And then at one point, John Landis, who did, you know, John Landis, we've talked about who did, who did um, uh, animal house and American werewolf in London and all those movies. Um, he was attached to direct it at one point too. So it could have been a very different movie. Like there's so many ways that this movie could have gone, but I think the Frank Oz with the puppeteering and the, and the background he had with Jim Henson and stuff like that, it ended up being, you know, this very kind of interesting little, little musical. And the background of this movie is really interesting because it came from, uh, it originally was, was a low budget 1960 film by Roger Corman. And if you know, Roger Corman, um, you know that he's like the he's like the king of of exploitation films. Like he did, he's the one who came up with Joe Bob's 
Joe Bob's, you know, boob requirements in the movie. Mm-hmm. That was Roger Corman's. That's Roger <laughs> Corman's. Um, that was his. Is it? Philosophy. Is it his boob baby? His boob. Is it his, his boob boobie? philosophy? <laughs> Uh, that was his. That was his philosophy. His philosophy was like, you do. You have to, this is the way that we make a good exploitation film. We make it like this. And we make it like this. Make it like this. Um, but originally, he had done this movie, Little Shop of Horrors, in 1960, and it was it was actually a much darker movie. I just watched it the other day. Um, yeah, it has a different ending, right? It's it's just different. It's just very different. It's it's not. There's not a musical. Um, it's just darker. It's just very. And honestly, I, did, I was watching it while I was doing something else. Not a musical. Super close. But it, but it was I'm very out. very different, and it also featured it featured Jack Nicholson as the Whoa. the masochistic dentist patient, and it was his very first film role. What? And he was a baby. I mean, he looked like like a baby. So he played the masochistic patient, and then he went on to play uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't too many, and that wasn't too many years later. No. Yeah, that was a that was what late sixties, early seventies. Um. So you know, very different type of deal, and then. Uh, Alan Menken, um, and I can't remember who else came up with it with him, but they they came up with this 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 musical stage production play, production, um, and developed this musical theater you know like composition for the for this movie and turned it into a musical, and then it got adapted to the nineteen eighty six movie that we know now. Um, and Mankin is another guy, the composer for this movie, who came up with all this you know all this insane amazing music that's in this movie. Um, dude has nine Oscars, whoa, eleven Grammys, dang, and a Tony Award. Shoot, dang. Um, among other, you know, awards and and tons of other stuff. I mean, the guy did Little Mermaid, which we all know every song to. Mm-hmm. Anybody that grew up in the '80s knows every song to Little Mermaid. Everybody knows every song to Beauty and the Beast. We all know. Oh hell yeah, Aladdin. We all know Pocahontas. He did all of those. Um, Talk along about with iconic. New- Newsies is another one, which I remember I was like, I loved Newsies. Really? When I, was a kid. I wasn't into it. There was so, again, that was probably the time era too. It was, uh, Newsies came out in like 92. So I was like 10, 11 years old or whatever. And just loved that movie. Um, and, and it was another musical, you know, kind of fun musical kind of deal. Um, but that guy did a ton of amazing stuff. So that's the background of this movie. Like amazing director, amazing composer. Um, and then you just have this cool ass story with with Rick Moranis playing Seymour and Rick Moranis in his own right. I mean, SCTV guy is fucking brilliant comedian. Um, you know, we always think about like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Ghostbusters. Um, Ghostbusters, absolutely. And then dropped off the face of the freaking planet when his wife died of cancer. Until. Oh, and a Dark Helmet uh, in, in Spaceballs. Yeah, Falls. he was Dark Helmet. Um, you know, and then they just dropped off the face of the planet. Nobody he didn't act anymore. He was just cold. You know, his wife died of cancer, like I think like 97 or something. And he just was done. He said, I'm going to raise my boys. He had two boys and he just quit acting. And basically he's only been really done like one or two little things. I he mean, reprised Gold- his role yeah, as the he, voice of dark as, helmet as dark helmet the in the Goldbergs like last year. And that mm-hmm. was like one of the first things he's done in like 12 years. Um, and there's word that he might be starting to get back into, to uh, the business again now that his kids are older, which would be really awesome because he really is a genius. Like the guy is just just wonderful um, and such a great comedic actor, you know. Um, and then Ellen Green is Audrey, who you love. Ugh. You love her voice so much. Ugh. She really bugs you, doesn't I she? I can't stand it. Um, I think it's wonderful. I like her her voice. I really like those weird like high pitched voices. I 
I just can't. I, it's not necessarily that it's high pitched. It's, it's how she carries her voice, if that makes sense. And that's kind of the role. She was playing this overdone ditz. I mean, that's kind of the I know. role it was. I know it right? was I the mean, role, but it doesn't mean I can't be annoyed. Yeah. And so then we have then we have, we have Ellen Green as, as Audrey. We have Steve Martin as the dentist, which is f- just a fucking great role, too. Like, so good. And he plays it so perfectly. Um, Levi Stubbs is the voice of Audrey, too, the plant. Um, as, 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 uh, uh, and he's, and he is, uh, was in the band, the four tops. Um, what was the song I was singing earlier? Um, they had so many hits. They've had a ton of huge hits, huge hits in the sixties. Um, oh, sugar pie, honey bun. Yeah. Um, sugar pie, honey bun. That song, you know that I love you. Uh, that's Levi yeah. Stubbs. He's the voice of Audrey too. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we have all these amazing cameos too. We have Bill Murray, we've got Jim Belushi, we've got John Candy, yeah, everybody, Christopher Guest, uh, and not only that, but the Ronettes who pop up throughout the whole thing. You've got these girls singing, you know, singing this this mm-hmm. like doo wop and stuff going on. They're the little but the flowering buds and the buds too. Yeah, the buds singing too. That's also them. Um, that's Tisha Campbell Martin as one of the Ronettes who's Gina from the show, Martin, the damn Gina, damn Gina. Um, and then one of the other girls in the, the that little three, three part harmony deal is Tachina Arnold who's also in Martin. Uh-huh. So little nineties show, late eighties, nineties show throwback. Um, so like everywhere in this movie, there's like people that you recognize. Um, and it's just, it's just so good. So, so good. Um, you said you had some breakdowns of some of these characters. Yeah, too. these characters psychologically are super interesting. So I'm going to start off um, with just kind of talking about like the overall analysis of this movie from like a psychological perspective. Um, and really what it feels like we're watching is we're watching the development of um, Freud's id and then ego and so super ego battling it out with id um and so we can think what of, makes you where did you get this from i'm oh, interested to hear this oh, this analysis oh you come with me baby bird i'll feed you <laughs> so come with me to a place where audrey too plays the part of freud's id which is the base instinct the animalistic side of us the primal part the feed me seymour part just all, right? it's just all Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Give it to me. I need natu- he's I just, very I just sexual need base, too. Base, my base instinct. Yep, he's very it's sexual bad. too. He's feeling up very on sexual. Audrey it's one. It's a very sexual movie too. A it's really a super sexual dirty plan. Really. Um, the whole movie is. I mean, there's a lot of characters that yeah. throw out some dirtiness. The dentist. And we'll then we've got the original Audrey, uh, who really, when we look at it, she plays um, more of the super ego perf- perfection attainment, has to do everything right. Um, everything, uh, drives her moral decisions, uh, even if, you know, somebody hurts her like Orin, the sociopathic dentist. Yeah. But she's, she goes along with it. She's like, she a, does. She's a she's codependent like a too. She's a codependent, um, in a domestically he's, violent he's hooking relationship. Her up. He's, he's, he's got, he's got her all handcuffed up every night. Now that's different if it's sexual. And he makes her call him doctor. <laughs> that's different if it's sexual. That's a whole different ball game. Call me doctor. Um, and then yeah. The ego would be Seymour uh, fighting between the superego and the id for control um, and for balance. So think of how Seymour, when Seymour begins to feed the id and to focus on the id, um, it starts with his unchecked based instincts when he sees the dentist attacking Audrey One. 
and he finally goes, "Enough is that's enough. That's it. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna. Yep. I'm gonna feed my id. I'm literally gonna feed my id. And as he feeds the id, the id grows stronger and stronger. Um, and he gets really out of control. Obviously, um, like ids in all of us can. You know, those primal base instincts can get a little out of hand and take over reason if we're not careful. Um, so he ends up. So he ends up going out and even committing murder for. So Seymour in, in ends order up to, doing in order to feed to feed right to feed uh, uh, Audrey. Audrey too. Audrey too. Whereas, you know, Audrey is this other side where she's just trying to be so perfect, you know, and she talks about even without makeup, you see me and you still love me. You know, she doesn't have to put all these fronts. That's like, that's some major super ego talk right there. Wanting to be perfect and, um, don't never need no makeup. Yep, there you go. Uh, wanting to be perfect and never, uh, lose control, never lose control. Um, that's super ego, right? And so Seymour has this battle throughout the entire movie. And we see at the end, um, you know, he tries to ditch the plant. Um, he possibly is going to sell this plant off. Uh, you know, the he tries to kind of get rid of the plant. Um, and that can kind of be parallel to the experience of how we can never really be free from our dark side. We can never hmm. really be free from our id or our base instincts. Wait, are we going back to uh, Dark Helmet here? Dark hell back Home to the to dark the side. side. <laughs> um, we can never really with you. We can never be free from our dark side. We have to rein it in and learn to control it before the chaos of our dark side uh, destroys. Interesting. Everything. I like that breakdown. So yeah, and then at the end we see this little smiling bud, right? This little, this little wink at the idea that. No, I'm still here. The dark side is still here. If you feed me, I'll grow. If you water me, I'll grow. Hmm. So Interesting. do you feed? So we all have that deep dark inside of us. And then if we, we at any time we could, we could feed it or choose, choose to feed it or choose not to. Right. I mean, there, I mean, it's kind of, it's parallel to this old uh, Indian um, story where um a young boy sits on his grandfather's lap and uh, says, you know, do you know that there's two, there exists two wolves um, and they are at a great battle. One is the wolf of um, good things, the good of um, the good for others, love, joy, contentment, um, all good things. And the other one is the wolf of bad things of uh, resentment and fear and anger and um, jealousy and they are constantly at war within all of us. And the little boy asks, well, who wins, father? And the grandfather says, the wolf you feed. Right. The one right. you attend to. Yeah. The one, the, the side of you that you, that you give the most attention to is the one that's going to win out. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Seymour is, like is actually an allegory to the experience of traversing the world of balancing your super ego and your id sides uh, with your ego See, conscious I, side. Here, I just thought it was about this this crazy this crazy alien plant that was going to take over the world. No, and I also wanted to mention that there's actually a lot, lot of diagnosable diagnosable properties um, in this movie. Like the dentist is is obviously a sociopath. He He's expresses a sociopath with strong he, strong sadist. Uh, yeah, he gets tendencies. so much sa sexual satisfaction from inflicting pain yeah, and misery. He, he, um, is, he talks about he, not caring about it, about, you know, not no resentment, no, 
know nothing. You yeah. know, he's well, a he's, total sociopath. He's definitely, he's definitely uh, gets his gets his gets, gets his, his kicks off, of beating, off out of beating up on on, uh, Audrey. on Audrey. We know she comes in with a black eye. She talks about how he uses handcuffs. He has to, you know, the whole the whole. It's like the whole BDSM thing where you know you you, you must call me sir. Well, he he re- he likes to be called doctor, and she can't well, finish a sentence without saying doctor at the end. You know, I can I can I get on the motorcycle, doctor? Do we know that that's all sexually related, or is it ego? Like, oh, no, is it his ego? It's both for sure, but it's both for sure. It's, but it's but they definitely hint at the fact that it's definitely sexual because there's a couple of lines that that Mishka asks. You know, when he, when he asks. Uh, 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 her about like the relationship and she's like, she's like, well, I spent a lot of time in handcuffs last night or, you know, those kind of things. There's a lot of handcuffs. There's like five handcuff references. So there's definitely, I totally missed that. Definitely. Oh, how did okay. you miss so that? There is, so there is some sort of oh, like a sexual big time, overlap. Big time. Okay. Yeah, big time. And then we have the Bill Murray character. Who right? is absolutely just gets his jollies off the pain. He loves pain. Yeah, he, he loves. He's, he's the masochist, masochist who wants the dent. He wants to go sit in the dentist chair and get work done. He asks for a root canal, which is yeah. insane. Without any, without and any, then he, like, starts he doesn't just want like any Novocaine and just like, oh yeah, he doesn't want any painkillers. Um, so, like he's just totally getting his it, rocks it, off. So yeah, extreme versions of both, um, you know, sociopath and well, also not only that, but so so what's interesting about that too is is uh, apparently Bill Murray, like being Bill Murray, didn't like. They filmed for a couple of days on that scene and he ad-libbed the whole thing. All that was in the script was just groaning and like joyous moans. Oh my God. You know, and he ad-libbed the whole thing and it made it really hard for the editors to actually film the scene because he had to. Because he was probably laughing. Because he was constantly, constantly throwing out different shit every time, you know? No, I did hear about this movie and tell me if you read this too, that actually the filming of all of it took place mostly in two, two days. One full day and one full day into. I did not hear that. Oh, I don't know. I did not hear that. My source may be inaccurate then. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Um, it's possible because they were talking about a couple of scenes taking a couple of days each. So I don't know. Mm. I would. I would think that would probably be internet grain of salt. That That's would be okay. rough. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. I didn't see that in any of my fun facts or trivia, which I have a well, bunch of. Well, you also didn't see the id, the ego, and the super ego coming, no. did you? No, but I did find a lot of cool trivia about this Ooh. movie. There's a bunch of cool, cool shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, that, like, the, a lot of this, you know, one, one thing about this movie, too, is, like, the the whole, the, the plant itself was all a puppet. Mm-hmm. So, and they had a whole team of people working to make this puppet come alive, which I thought was super cool. And I, you know, I love that kind of practical stuff anyway. You can't call it a plant. You have to call it a flowering plant. The flowering plant. Or the masses will get mad that we chose it. We chose this. Yeah, I know. We chose, we chose an anthropo- anthropophobic movie that was more about a plant than about a flower, which, which. But which, it existed but, in a flower shop. But it existed in a flower shop and Venus flytraps do flower. So, right. and there so was some flowers. Plant. There were some flowers mm-hmm. at the um, end around uh, on the vines and stuff in various places. So, um, so, you know, if you had a fear of flowers, I, I'm guessing a giant toothed carnivorous flytrap, alien flytrap that talks would be fearful to you, I would suspect. <laughs> um, but yeah, but in the, like in the dentist office, um, originally they wanted to make it much more of like much more horrible and like grungy and like blood splattered. They oh. wanted the whole place to be like completely blood splattered and nasty and all of the instruments to be covered in blood when he was working on people. 
And apparently the test audiences didn't like that very much. They're like, he's sociopathic. At least make shit clean. So they had to clean up the scenes. Make it sterile. They had to clean up the scenes for the reshoot because apparently it was, it was just too, it was too horrific uh, for them to deal with. Um, the movie <laughs> 1980s audiences. Oh no. What? Yeah. Hell no. The movie inspired a board game, which I remember commercials for this board game when I was a kid um, by Milton Bradley called feed me. Um, and it came out in 1987 where players had to drop marbles um, into the giant fly traps mouth, um, which I thought was really fun. What um, was the game? This is the only movie where Bill Murray and Steve Martin appear together. What? Isn't that crazy? I thought that was kind of. I feel a, like they should. You would think they would have been together in more yeah. in more places. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Weren't they in Zombieland? No, see, Martin's not in Zombieland. He should be. No, um, but the puppeteers and so all these puppeteers that worked on on Audrey too uh, were all Jim Henson puppeteers. Um, and one of the operators was Brian Henson, um, who was Jim Henson's son, who we've talked about before on this podcast because he was. Dark Crystal. Uh, he was Jack. He was Jack. No, he was Jack in uh, in Return to Oz. Well, also Dark Crystal, right? Wasn't he involved I in that? Don't know. He probably no. was involved. I'm sure that's a lot of Jim Henson too. But he was he was Jack, you know, Jack the Pumpkin, yeah, or whatever. With, yeah. in, in Return to Oz, he was he that's played that fun. character. Um, nice little crossover. Yeah, yeah. So he's come up a couple times, but that puppet in in Little Shop of Horrors is, is so amazing. Complex. It's so cool. Um, it's amazing. But so earlier we were talking about Audrey and how you don't like Audrey. And her, uh-uh. and her suddenly, <laughs> you don't like you don't like Audrey's Sounds voice like at she, all. She's choking. Do you, back do you know vomit. who they originally had planned to cast in that role? I do not. Cindy Lopper. What? Cindy Lopper was the original. Uh, was originally the one offered the role. That kind of would have been super badass. It kind of would have been cool. I don't think it would have been a completely different movie though. It would have, but it also would have kind of because honestly, if you look at the 1960s one, like Cindy Lopper is not like that bimbo-y, sex symbol-y kind of girl. She could be. But it's very different than, than, uh, you know, than where, uh, yeah, it would have been a very, very different movie, I think. Because that original, like she, like Audrey had that very, like, kind of boppy, I, Cindy Lauper probably could have played that as well, but I don't know. And Madonna was also considered for the role. See, I could see Madonna too. Madonna was also considered for the role, which I thought was kind of interesting too. It might have been her British phase, so she would no, have had to learn. She would have had to learn English accent. That. No, that was not till later. <laughs> I know. Way later. Um, the dental tools that were used in Orrin's office and in Steve Martin's mm-hmm. uh, office um, during the Bill Murray scene when he busted out all the tools, um, they also appeared in Tim Burton's Batman in 1989. Oh. Um, and they were used on Jack Nicholson's Joker when he fell into the chemicals, mm-hmm. um, which is a cool tie in because Jack Nicholson, this was his first, his first role was Bill Murray's role in little shop of horrors. Hmm. So Jack Nicholson's first role was the role that Bill Murray played. And those same tools were used on Jack Nicholson in Batman. That's weird. And obscure. <laughs> I thought that was a fun, a fun one. Uh, but I love this movie. I think it's so much fun. I love the, I love the, the music. I think, like as a musical, it's just, it's fantastic. I've always like thought like if I ever played, if I was ever in a musical, this would be one that I would love to do. Cause it would be, you would want to be the be dentist. So I would, I would love to be Steve Martin's character. Yeah. It would be awesome. Um, he's got that, like that, like that, that sweet Elvis vibe to him too. Like he totally played it like all like, 
like rockabilly Elvis see you know just you'd super, have to shave your fun. beard um but yeah I, I really enjoy this movie I think it's super fun and 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 you know I mean it's a man eating plant so you know a it, man it's eating definitely flowering plant man eating flowering plant thank you you're welcome um so that is our feature presentation we didn't do any uh, we didn't do any any honorable mentions, but I did have a couple in mind, but a lot of them were just plant were like plant killer movies, right? right? Like straight up. Like I felt like little shop of horrors. It kind of looks like a flower in its plant in its little potted plant, you know, in the movie and, mm-hmm. and it has flowers coming out of it. Um, but there was a couple other movies. The ruins is one, I think it's, is what it's called. Um, where like vines come out and like, like attack people. Um, there's definitely a, a handful of movies we could have kind of honorably mentioned, but kind of getting away from the honorable mentions just because our, our episodes are, you know, we don't want them to go too crazy long. And the get, honorable mentions should really only come into play when they deserve to be honored. And yeah. Mentioned. I think when you find something that's really spot on that you're like, I can't decide between these two movies. I right. have to do these movies. So We've we'll got still, enough shit we'll still bring about. them back for sure. But little shop of horrors and fear of flowers seem like a really fun, four stars, fun, fun family ride. Fun family ride. We let the boys watch it, and they had a blast with it. They Hunts enjoyed love. it. It's a good family movie. Oh shit! At the end, he yeah. liked the oh shit line. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a classic, man. Check it out, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, that's our episode. Anything else that you want to talk about, honey? Uh, do we have any idea what we're doing next week? I don't. I've gotten to where I'm. I'm not going to look ahead. I don't want to start on anything else until you just want to focus in the now. Yeah. And I want to, you know, we'll make it a surprise. Good. That's we very, mind- to, that's very mindful of you. We don't need to, to, you know, we don't need to tease it yet. We don't need no stinking teasing right now. Just share a little shop of horrors, share anth- anthophobia, uh, with your friends this week. And, uh, and, and please rate us and review us, check out our social media. Um, all that fun stuff. Our dog is getting antsy. Yeah, she's antsy. She wants. She is dying she wants, to have you go throw the ball play, to her. Play ball, ball. Yeah, she is nonstop. She was getting pissed at her in the middle of the episode. She was like, she had to get up and like, like. That's why she should always be locked in the bedroom. No. Yes. During our during our podcasting, she should be locked in the up in the uh, in the bedroom. It's a good idea. Um, but with that, uh, let's close out episode twelve uh, by instructing our feardos. All of the feardos out there to, uh, to what? Stay afraid. Stay very afraid.